I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole? Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2020 with Third Degree Mind. Did you make a New Year's resolution? It's that time of year again when the local gym is packed full of people who only work out for about one month a year, January, and maybe February. I'd say by March it usually slows down as people abandon their goal of becoming slim and fit. I found a study online that says... Only about 8 to 10% of people who make a New Year's resolution actually keep it throughout the year. So that's 90% or more of people who make a New Year's resolution lose it at some point, most of them being February or March. And I think a big part of that is simply that the entire concept of a New Year's resolution is based on somewhat flawed logic. You know, if you were serious about making some positive change in life, whatever that might be, why wait until January 1st? You know, most people start thinking about their New Year's resolution uh, sometime around like November, December. And they say, you know, starting January 1st, I'm going to hit the gym at least four days a week. Well, okay, if hitting the gym that frequently is really that important to you, then why wait? Why have you never done it before? As, you know, some people say, well, it's just this arbitrary date that comes with change, you know, new year, new you. So people think that's a good time to implement that change. I've even met people who go to the gym once in a while, as an example, 
And then in December, they practically stop going altogether. And their logic is, well, you know, my New Year's resolution is to go four days a week, so I'm taking December off so I don't burn myself out. And, and that makes no sense to me. Here's a guy who consistently went three days a week, and he wants to make that number four days a week. So he decides in order to be successful with that goal, he's going to take a month off from the gym. So that come January 1st, he's ready to go four days a week. I just, I don't see the sense in that. If you've decided that you want to make it a goal to start going four days a week, then why not just start that goal right now? Like whenever you start thinking about it. Or maybe alternate weeks. You know, one week is a three-day week and then the next week is a four-day week and you go back and forth. I don't know. But taking an entire month off just so you have the energy to go four days a week every week come January 1st, that just seems asinine to me. And it's it's no mystery why that New Year's resolution fades out by the end of the month. There's nothing special about January 1st other than the obvious fact that most of the population is probably hungover. Cities like uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I'm from, bars close at 2 or 2.30 every night, except on New Year's Eve, when they're allowed to stay open all night long. Now, of course, living in Vegas, uh, that's kind of something of a moot point to me now, because bars are always 24-7 in this city. But for those other spots that offer the the 24-hour drinking for that one day a year... Well, shit, it's no surprise that you're going to have a bunch of people waking up on the first day of the year hungover if they aren't still completely wasted. The key here, folks, is if you really want to change something in your life, the only way to do that is with your own actions. And that can begin any time of the year, whenever you've made a choice to change something that you don't like about yourself or about your world. Deciding in October or November that you want to set a new goal somewhere in your life, but you're going to wait till January 1st to start it, well, where, where's the logic in that? The entire concept of a New Year's resolution is entirely flawed because it relies on this idea of procrastination. The euphoria of the New Year wears out fast. And most people lose their motivation when that happens. By February, they resort back to their old habits because they didn't really want to make that change to begin with. They just did it because it was the season of New Year's. They didn't really want to go to the gym four days a week. If they did, they would have just done it, not simply because it's a new year and somehow that new year has some magical power to bring a new you Change only happens when people take action. And the best time to do that is right now, anytime. May, August. Not on some random date on the calendar. How come nobody tries to uh, implement changes like a birthday resolution? Is there is their birth their own birthday less significant than the start of a new year? Some people might do that, but... I think in the grand scheme of society, it it's, seems to me as though people don't do that for their birthday. You know, I'm turning 30, so, you know, my 30s are going to be different than my 20s, or this year is going to be different starting on my birthday. That doesn't seem as common to me, 
because it really doesn't make sense. Just like the New Year's re- just like the uh, New Year's resolution, it really just doesn't make sense. To prove my point, if you waited until June to make a resolution for something that you want to change about yourself, tell all your friends that it's a New Year's resolution and it's going to begin July first. When they look at you funny and they ask, well, why July 1st? What's the significance of that date? Tell them that that's the start of the fiscal year for most companies and most levels of the government. So it's essentially a new year. It's a new budget year, at least. See how many weird looks you get when you do that? And then all those people with the weird looks? Remember that most of them made a New Year's resolution six months ago. And the odds are that it crashed and burned about five months ago. If I want to lose weight and get into shape, and I make that decision in October, and I start that journey in October, I'm going to last a lot longer than the idiot who makes the resolution annually to start the gym, and every year he goes for one month, January. Which one of those two people is the fool? I think another reason that people fail in their New Year's resolution is simply not being realistic and honest with themselves and and what they can achieve. You know, a lot of people might make a New Year's resolution to quit smoking. I'll use that as an example. I actually have a friend who this was uh, her exact New Year's resolution. January, all of December, she was telling herself and all her friends, you know, come January 1st, I'm, I'm done smoking. This is the year. Well, folks, I can tell you that we're nine days into the new year, and she's already failed. She's already given up. She's not even trying anymore. Something like quitting smoking is a daunting task. If, if you've ever been uh, a smoker, or if you are a smoker, maybe you've tried to quit. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. But if you've been in that boat, you know what I mean when you say that the idea of quitting is a very daunting task. And quitting cold turkey is even more daunting. People often say, you know, the year flies by, but it really doesn't. 12 months is a, is a big amount of time. That's overwhelming. So when you mix a challenging task like quitting smoking with a huge timeline of 12 months, my friends, it's a recipe for disaster. You have to approach things with measurable, progressive goals. That's how you develop a strategy. So you say something like, okay, my goal is to quit smoking over the next year. But that's not a strategy. I need a plan for how I'm going to accomplish this. Right now I smoke a pack a day. So I'm going to say, decrease my smoking week by week. So that maybe by March, I'm down to about three quarters of a pack a day. I'm not quitting all at once. I'm just slowing down. Instead of having a cigarette every morning and every evening, I'm going to try for the first week and have one, uh, or skip that one in the morning, uh, and wait till I get to work. I'm going to try that maybe just three days a week. I'm not even going to do that every single day, just three days a week. The other day is I'll keep smoking my usual amount. I'll try that adjustment for just three days a week. Eventually I'll up it to five until I no longer wake up in the morning wanting that cigarette because it's been removed from my routine progressively. The rest of my day, I'll smoke just as much as before. But once I'm comfortable with not having one right away in the morning, maybe I'll cut out my evening right before bed cigarette. 
And same thing, just three days a week. The other four days, I'll keep my evening smoke. And you make baby steps like that, so that by the time we're in June, you've suddenly cut yourself down to only about a half a pack a day. And you keep progressing towards decreasing your nicotine intake until you reach the end of 2020, December, 12 months away, and you barely smoke at all. A pack lasts you a whole week. See, that's a very measurable goal. And, and notice how, in my example, the ultimate conclusion at the end of the year is not about, I have to be completely off cigarettes by the end of the year. No, that becomes too daunting and overwhelming, and that's what scares people away too early on. Throughout the year, that's all you're going to think about. Oh my God, I only have four months left and I'm still at like half a pack a day. It's been a challenging year so far and now I'm nearing the end and I'm way behind my schedule. But that's okay because you know what? You set a goal. You employed some form of a strategy. You've stuck to your plan more or less. Maybe you lapsed a little bit here and there, but for the most part, you've done something for several months that you set your mind to and you're making a change. A change that you wanted to make in your life. But if you set out in 2020 with this vague goal to just quit smoking, you'll try it for a few days, you'll be miserable, you'll be overwhelmed. Oh my God, it's only January 5th. I got 360 some days left. And it's not going to take long before you end up like my uh, one friend and you just say to hell with it and you're right back in your old habits and you think, well, that's that. 11 more months till 2021. I guess I'll try it again then. And, th and that same thing happens a lot with some of these common New Year's resolutions. I had another friend who wanted to become a vegetarian. So on January 1st, what do you think he did? He cleaned out his fridge and freezer. All the meat products went into the trash. He went grocery shopping, filled up his fridge with, you know, fresh produce, things that didn't contain those animal products. Okay, seems like a good goal if that's what you want to do. I'm no dietitian, and I could never do that personally. I mean, I love my steak. But hey, if that's your goal, then fine. But same thing. He's already talking about, on January 9th, how he's always hungry and his mouth starts salivating every time he sees a burger or something. Now, he's still in the game, but I give it maybe another three weeks or so. And like I said, we'll be in February and I'll be right back uh, with that other group of 90% who fail in keeping that New Year's resolution. Same thing. If he was a little more progressive and had some form of a strategy or a plan for how he would accomplish this during 2020, maybe it would have worked out. But like I've said, this, this New Year's resolution is conceptually flawed. The whole idea is change something about yourself. Set a goal and make a change in the new year. New year, new you. But in the examples I just gave you, about the suddenly non-smoker quitting cold turkey, or the suddenly vegetarian, they both have the same thing in common. They took their New Year's resolution to be a January 1st resolution. They made the entire change in one day of what they were planning to change over the course of 365 days. 
See, I thought a New Year's resolution was a change that you want to accomplish through the course of an entire year, not just on January 1st. This is a big change that I want to make during 2020, so why beat yourself up when you forced yourself to make that change in one day, when the whole concept was supposed to be over the course of a year, but then it only lasted a few days or weeks, and then you fail? Why, why beat yourself up over that? You set yourself up to fail. That should be expected any time we try to make big changes about ourselves. We have to give ourselves that time. And a year is a long time. That's the point of the New Year's resolution. Give yourself that year to make these changes. See what I'm saying? I'm going to use myself as an example here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this podcast. I created Third Degree Mind in February of 2018. We're coming up on our two-year anniversary. In those 11 months of 2018... I released 25 episodes of Third Degree Mind, including, you know, the short little updates that were just a few minutes long. I don't really do those too much anymore. We pretty much just do uh, full-on episodes. Uh, But I kind of did that as, you know, a way to keep putting more content out instead of this one episode a month or one episode every six weeks. I try to do these little midweek updates and have a a little uh, five-minute quick, short, and sweet episode. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it, like I said, it, it totaled 25 episodes in 2018. It's about one every other week to a month. In 2019, I produced 11 episodes. 11. That's less than one a month. Those of you who have been regular listeners, you know that I've told you time and time again that I've made it a goal to start making more episodes. Now, I could sit here and tell you that my New Year's resolution was to produce one a week, but realistically, that's just not going to happen because it's a big change from the 2019 pattern of one every six weeks. I could even say I want a record year of 30 episodes in 2020, but if I have no real plan and I just shoot for 30, that's not going to work either. But think about it like this. If I tell you that I want to start progressively increasing production of Third Degree Mind, and I have a plan to say January we'll have one episode, February is short, so probably just one there too. March we're going to shoot for two. April and May we'll try for three. And then starting in June, we're going to try to be at that one a week level. Well, if you do the math, that comes out to 38 episodes for 2020 if I stick to that plan. That's a lot more achievable. Suddenly it's easier to come up with 38 episodes than what it was when I just said I want to have a record year of 30. It's so daunting and impossible when I say 30 a year because I think about the fact that I only did 11 last year. But I just spelled out a plan that could give me 38 episodes this year. And I still only have to shoot for one a month for the next two months. There's no sudden feeling of, oh my God, it's 2020. I have to start doing this podcast once a week. It's January. I got to get going. It's much less overwhelming. I actually have a plan. But obviously, I do want to start increasing production of this podcast. 
I'm always amazed by some of the emails or Facebook messages that I get periodically from you guys that ask about when the next episode is. It's almost like I'm always worried that you guys all disappeared and moved on and don't care about Third Degree Mind anymore, don't follow anymore, because I've sucked so bad with getting new episodes pushed out. And I know there's a core group of you that are still here and still listening, and I know that all of you would be happy to see uh, the frequency of podcasts increased. I can tell you that this is never going to be a daily podcast. I mean, at least not before I retire in like, I don't know, 15 years. But at least more than 11 a year would be nice. And as I'm sure you can tell by now, I'm not really all about the whole concept of that New Year's resolution which is why I don't really consider this goal of mine to be a New Year's resolution. It's just a goal that I've had for several months now since we started slowing down. But one thing I can tell you that I am a fan of is looking back over the past and kind of having an honest self-reflection kind of moment, which is why I wanted to look and see what our numbers were in 2018 and compare those to the lower numbers in 2019. Yes, of course it's good to make plans and goals for the future, New Year's resolutions, however you want to do it. It's always good to make those plans for yourself and for your future, what you want to accomplish, things like that. But in order to have a full understanding of where you want to go in life, I really think you need to start with having a full understanding of your past and where you've been. So I want to talk about that idea of self-reflection and looking at where you've been when we come back. Thanks so much for being here and listening today. We'll be right back after I take a short break. Hey guys, it's Jay of Third Degree Mind Podcast. If you're a regular listener of Third Degree Mind, I hope you found an easy way to download and stream all of the latest content. There are a bunch of ways that you can do that and make sure that you're always getting up-to-date notifications when we release a new episode. I want to make sure that you found one of those so that you're always able to listen to Third Degree Mind on demand and that we don't lose touch. The majority of our audience gets Third Degree Mind from CastBox. You can go to castbox.fm on the web or download the CastBox app using your Android or Apple device and then search for Third Degree Mind. And don't forget to click subscribe. Another option is if you have an Apple device like an iPhone, Third Degree Mind is available for free in the Apple iTunes store. Just search Third Degree Mind and click subscribe. Third Degree Mind is produced on Podbean, so you can always find all the available episodes there at thirddegreemind.podbean.com. And of course, you can subscribe there as well. Podbean also has mobile apps for your Android or Apple device to make it even easier to find all of our content and subscribe so that you'll always get up-to-date notifications when new content is released. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, welcome back. We're here today with this uh, New Year's episode of Third Degree Mind. Thanks for listening today. I know you have lots of choices in podcast entertainment nowadays, so I'm glad that you've chosen to be here today and join the conversation about New Year's and resolutions and things of that nature. I want to move into this idea of self-reflection around New Year's uh, and why I think it's so important. 
I think it's great to think about it being a new year and a new you, especially when 2019 may not have been that good to you. You know, sometimes we're happy for the new year because we just want to put 2019 to bed and we really want 2020 to be better. I get a haircut last week and my barber was telling me all about how he was so happy for it to be a new year because 2019 just sucked so bad. He had a friend kill himself, leaving behind his wife and two little daughters. His dad died like a week after that. His mom was diagnosed with cancer a month later. He lost his barber shop in bankruptcy, resulting from an awful divorce that he went through. So now he has to work for a chain like Great Clips when he used to be his own boss and a successful business owner. All in all, this guy just had a depressing and horribly tragic year in many different ways. Lots of things beyond his control. And I don't think he was really going for the pity party. He was just, you know, it was just conversation. He was just telling me uh, why he was happy that it was a new year because 2019 was one of the worst years of his life, if not the worst. So he was happy for it to be a new year, understandably. As I was talking to him, uh, I understood what he was saying. But at the same time, I kind of had to think to myself. Now, I didn't say this out loud. Uh, but, you know, the universe doesn't really care that it's a new year. Folks, if the universe or God or fate or karma or whoever you might believe in decided to screw your life up in 2019, there's no magic switch that says, okay, it's 2020 now, so he's going to have a good year now. And like I said, I, I understand the logic that he wants it to be better this year and hopes that it is, rightfully so. But there's no guarantee that just because it's a new year, life is suddenly going to be magically different. Not much changes when it's a new month, when we go from August to September. Or a new week, when we wake up on Sunday morning. Even a new day. I mean, ideally, we always hope that it does. Whenever we have a bad day, you know, sometimes we can't wait to go to bed and wake up to a new day. So I guess that's kind of the same thing, but there's really no guarantee there. And he said something else to me that was interesting. He said... I'm so glad it's 2020 now because I don't even want to think about 2019 anymore. And I couldn't help but think to myself, well, shit, that's the wrong approach. You know how people say, count your blessings? Well, the only way to do that is if you first count your curses. Seriously, hear me out. If you had a family member or a close friend, die every day for six days in a row. And then nothing bad happened on Saturday. Would Saturday be a good day? Well, it certainly would be better than Sunday through Friday. Even if nothing happened on Saturday, it was just a status quo kind of day. I bet the sun would be shining in your world to some degree. Not because Saturday is somehow good. I mean, you did just lose six very important people in your life. But it would be good to some degree simply because you didn't lose someone. But the only reason that even matters 
is because you did lose someone the day before. And the day before that. And the day before that. Right? I mean, if the entire week was neutral, you'd probably be bored on Saturday. And not even thinking too much about those special people in your life. Right? No? Let me ask you this. Have you thought about all the important people in your life since you got up out of bed this morning? Have you called them? Texted them? Liked something on their Facebook page? Have you told them how much they mean to you? Now, if you're like most people, I'm guessing not. Because things like that aren't that important to us on a conscious level until those things are gone. Folks, we only count our blessings after we've counted our curses. And yes, obviously that's a mistake to not appreciate the people in our lives each and every day. But that's actually not the point that I'm trying to make here. I'm trying to point out that the day we love our mom the most might be the day after dad has died. Because suddenly it's a major slap in the face of mortality to remind us how important our parents really are and how much they mean to us. We're only counting the blessing of our mom because we were suddenly robbed of the blessing of our dad. So in a way, I guess it was kind of the silver lining of the untimely passing of someone else. If it opened our eyes to realize and remind us how important some of those people are in our lives. If every day is a good day and the sun is shining on you, you're not going to appreciate the sunshine like you would if it was the first day that you've seen it in weeks. People who live in some remote parts of the world, like northern Alaska, go weeks without seeing the sun. Can you imagine? There's a town called Barrow in the very northern tip of Alaska. The sun set there on the night of November 18th. And it won't rise again until January 23rd. 67 days of darkness in that part of the world. Now, do you think those people are going to look at the sunrise different on the morning of January 23rd than what you will on that morning? Will you even be up for the sunrise on January 23rd? Will you even care if January 23rd is a sunny day? Did you watch the sunrise today? Did you even think about the fact that there was a sunrise this morning? Or that it's shining in the sky right now? If it's sunny today where you live, but it's been cloudy for the last two weeks, then I bet you did. But if you live in a place like Las Vegas, like I do, and you see the sun just about every day, you probably didn't even think twice about it. But I bet those people in Barrow, Alaska are thinking about the fact that it's been dark there since Thanksgiving. Folks, it's easier to count your blessings when you've taken the time to think about the curses. So don't just write them off if you had a rough year. If 2019 sucked, you can't just write that off. 
If you do, you'll never appreciate the good that comes with 2020. It's like I've told you before, even if it's been rough in your world recently, that history is still your story. It's still a part of who you are today. Because if you're noticing the sunshine today, whatever metaphorical sunshine that might be in your world, if you're noticing that today, I can guarantee you it's because you're also thinking about whatever darkness has been in your life. And that's not bad, my friends. That's not bad. It's what I encourage you to do. We can only recognize our blessings when we have taken the time to honestly reflect on where we have been. The stars are brightest when the night is darkest. Think about that for a second. The stars are brightest when the night is darkest. What a perfect way to illustrate and drive that point home. And I want to encourage you to look at your 2019 through that perspective. 2019 is over, but it doesn't mean that we will never think about it ever again. If 2020 is a great, fantastic year for you, it'll be even better if you just remember how much you struggled and ultimately overcame in 2019. Right? You are still here. Think of the Matrix Reloaded scene when Morpheus is talking to the people of Zion. We are still here! And if you're like me, you probably realize that not only is 2020 a whole new year, my friends, it's the start of a whole new decade. That's right, we've officially entered the 20s. Think about the last decade. Your accomplishments, your failures, your struggles, everything that you overcame. Every path that brought you to this moment in 2020. The start of a new decade. I know for me, in the last decade, I went through a lot. So many highlights. And so much darkness. But I'm not afraid to reflect on all those things. The last decade has been some of the absolute darkest and lowest moments of my life. But some of those moments have also been the best. A marriage, a divorce, a hostile child custody battle, many dark moments of suicidal thoughts, many moments of joy, especially involving the birth of my child in the last few years watching her grow, packing up my entire life in the Midwest and moving to Nevada to pursue my dreams, embarking on an entirely new and exciting career. Hitting the landmark birthday of closing out my 20s when I turned 30 this year. The realization that life is precious and yet so fragile. Lots of memories that shaped me over the last 10 years. Things that led me to this very moment in time. 
to start a new decade. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Tell me something, girl. Hey, everybody. It's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. I created Third Degree Mind in February of 2018, and we've seen some amazing growth over the last year or so. I'm happy to announce that Third Degree Mind is listened to every month across the United States and in about a dozen different countries. To me, that success tells me that this topic of self-growth and reflection, especially relating to some of these issues that stem from mental illness, is something that needs to be talked about. When I first started this podcast, I had no idea where it would go. And a year after we launched, we're still growing at an exciting rate. Each new episode finds more people than the last, and I consider that a remarkable success. But I need your help to continue to grow our audience and extend our reach. My goal over the next six months is that we add even more people to our growing audience from around the world. One of the easiest ways I think that we can do that is by harnessing the power of social media. And that's why I created a Facebook page for Third Degree Mind, and I'm hoping to get all of you to like us on Facebook. Just search for Third Degree Mind, and you can like or follow the page there. When new content is posted to the page, hit that share button to share the content with your friends and help me to extend our current reach. Currently, less than 10% of our regular listening audience follows us on Facebook, and I'd like to get all of you on board on the Facebook page. Our Facebook page is also the easiest way for you to get in contact with me if you want to share some of your own experiences or give me feedback on the show's content. I'm always looking for feedback from you guys, so let me know what you think about the recent episodes or any topics that you want to see in the future. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I hope to see all of you on the Facebook page. All right, we're back for a few more minutes on Third Degree Mind here. I want to challenge you all. Now, I've talked about the idea of keeping a notebook and you know do it, using it for some therapeutic journaling, things like that. Uh, struggling with some mental illness, I know that sometimes that can help us uh, focus on what we need to focus on. Uh, I've told you in the past about writing about uh, a song, things like that, things that uh, trying to dissect some of your emotions, see what you're feeling, see what you're thinking. What I want you to do this time is sit down and write some thoughts on your reflection over the last year, or if you choose, over the last decade. Think about where you've come from, where you've gone, where you've been different experiences that were meaningful to you over the last year. For me, like I said, I I thought about it in terms of over the last decade. Over the last 10 years, so much has happened. I had such a a full 10 years with major, major life uh, experiences, and maybe that's true for you as well. Think about those things, because if you want to make a goal... It's not too late to make a goal just because we're already nine days into the new year. You didn't miss out on the whole New Year's resolution thing. I don't want you to make a New Year's resolution anyways. I want you to make a goal and a strategy and a plan and enact some change. I want you to start with reflection. I want you to take that reflection and turn it into goals of where you want to go next. 
And then I want you to come up with a plan for how you can do that. And I don't want you to limit yourself to just 2020. In the beginning, earlier in the program, when we talked about the the goal of quitting smoking a little bit, you know, remember that the the goal at the end of the year, at the end of 2020, in my example, was was not to quit smoking. It was simply to decrease it. At the end of the year, you're down to a pack that lasts you a week or two. That is success if you started this year with a pack a day. Don't sell yourself short by thinking you failed if you reach December 31st of this year and you haven't yet accomplished your goal. Change is a constant thing, my friends. It doesn't start on January 1st and end on December 31st. And it sure as hell doesn't start on January 1st and end on January 7th or February 1st. That's not change. So I'm going to challenge you to do those things uh, over the next couple weeks. And I, I, I hope that you have a great 2020. I hope that life is good for you. I hope that you're optimistic. I hope that you have a good outlook on things. But if you don't, do some of those things. Do some of that reflection, making goals, making a plan, making a strategy. And start working at it. It's the only way change is ever going to come. That's the only way. And remember what I told you before. The stars are brightest when the night is darkest. So dream big, work hard, and make a difference. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day and a fantastic new year.
Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.